Hi guys, welcome to episode 18, brought to you by AminoDashPure.com. Wanted to touch base with you guys before we even begin this fun, fun, fun episode on uh, flexible dieting with Lauren Conlon. Uh, wanted to chime in. I have had uh, quite a few people actually this last month uh, ask a lot of questions with regards to how do I bounce back from falling off my diet? Um, and one of the reasons they they tell me this or ask me this for that matter is because they believe that you're always so disciplined or you're always on point. You have the right answers for everything. And that is not it at all. I don't think I have the right answers for everything. I'm a human being just like everybody else is. Uh, and I go through my own struggles on a daily basis to maintain uh, my nutrition on point as much as I can. Uh, I utilize a lot of flexible dieting uh, <coughs> methods, methodologies to ensure that I am on point as much as I can with the craziness that goes on on my daily basis. So with the questions that are constantly asked is, what do I do when I follow up my diet? And a lot of times I don't even respond and I say, and I'll ask them, what do you think I'm going to say? Because I've been there. I know that we always go and fall off our diet and we say, I'll start tomorrow. Well, sorry to tell you, the best approach is going to be you fall off your diet plan or your nutrition just get back in it. Just ride back into it. The next meal, make sure it's a good meal. Um, don't sweat it. Don't dread it. You're a human being just like everybody else's. We all have fallen off our diet at one point or another. If it's a diet, if it's a lifestyle that you're going through, basically having a good meal on a daily basis, call it a cheat meal. Get back on plan. Don't dread it. I mean, think about it. If you're in a deficit, and you're going through this journey of trying to be the best you that you can be, um, you're going to see some very positive outcomes. If you're even doing 80-20 or 90-10, 90% on point, 10%, you know, you're slipping here and there. And, and when I'm talking about slipping, I'm talking about, you know, I had some ice cream with my kids today, or I had a slice of pizza. Why are you beating yourself up for something like that? You know, get back on plan, start eating healthy again, enjoy your life and enjoy the people around you as much as possible. Now, if you're having a, a, uh, a series of weeks where you're actually trying to do a mini cut, then yeah, you gotta be perfect, right? Make sure you own up to what you're signing up for, but get back on plan. And that goes hand in hand with uh, the, the topic of today, which is flexible dieting. So we are going to be presenting a very, very good, informative and fun episode and hope it shed some light into uh, living life a little bit utilizing flexible dieting principles in order to uh, to really enhance your, your journey into this world of fitness and, and this uh, what we call bridging the, the gap between health and fitness. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to episode 19, guys. You're going to have a great time with this one. Hi guys, welcome to episode 18, 18, 18, wow, 18 episodes in. Welcome to Hard Fast Fitness brought to you by Team Amino Pure, amino-pure.com. Rejuvenate HRT, our preferred uh, HRT clinic of choice for our team here at Team Amino Pure. We have a special prog uh, pro program, pro podcast for you guys today. Um, but before we get started, Sonia, why don't we talk a little bit about what your week's been like? Talk to us about that, and then uh, we'll give you guys a little bit of an update on with regards to what we're working with uh, with Team Amino Pure, and then we'll launch right into our special guest today, which is going to be a treat for you guys. Yeah, dope. So I'm super glad you stumbled because it's normally me. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, we're like 30 seconds in, and I'm like, I swear, guys, it's going to be a good episode, and then everything goes to shit. <laughs> so I'm super happy about that. But um, this week's been pretty good. Um, it's actually been fucking insane, actually. My daughter, I was like... She's been in daycare and first grade, like all through COVID. So it's been fine. And I obviously I work from home, but um, I was like, I'm going to keep her home from camp this week. 
I can do this. There's like tons of moms who have been doing this during COVID. Like this isn't going to be hard. Well, it was a fucking shit show. And like, I was so stressed out and it was so hot in here. And I had to like close all the doors whenever I did like a zoom or a podcast or anything. And so like the last zoom I did, I'm like interpret doing an interpretation of a Dutch test, which is already like kind of like pretty intense. And I'm really new at them. I'm like learning them right now in my functional mentorship course. And I'm like really trying to like focus down and like really go through it. And it's a lot of, that's a lot of like big words. And you really have to make sure that you're like, you're communicating it right. Because there's a lot of moving pieces with that. And I have like my daughter in the background. First of all, it's so hot in my house because it's been so hot here and all the doors are closed. And I'm like, I'm just dripping sweat. sweat. (laughs) You can see beads of sweat coming on my face. And Lauren, like, you know this one, like when boob sweat is like underneath dripping down your torso. That's my favorite. It's my favorite. And I'm talking to her about like stress patterns throughout her life and why that might be elevated at certain times of day because you can't just be look at a test and be like, well, you have elevated cortisol in the morning. It's like, what's your morning look like? So I'm trying to walk through this with her. And here's my daughter every five seconds. She's like, I cut this Barbie's hair. And like, literally like I've got Elsa with like a shaved head and she glued the other with my nail glue, <laughs> which is a fucking wreck. She oh, glued joy. nail glue on to the Barbie's hair. And now I've got a toddler with hair glued to her fingers with nail glue. Beautiful. I'm like dripping sweat. And like this girl like paid me, you know, it's like, these are my clients. She was like, what's going on over there? I was like, I'm fine. <laughs> okay. So that was like one of many interesting days this week. But- so that, that, was the, that was one of these days. It wasn't the highlight of your day today. That was, yeah, I was like, there's more stories like that, but we're just going to get that off record for CPS. No, I'm just kidding. My, my, my story, uh, my, my update is not as exciting as Sonia's actually. Yeah. <laughs> just been working really hard with Rejuvenate HRT. Um, they're going to be launching uh, Rejuvenate Labs with their new uh, kidney, it's called Detox, their new kidney liver um, detoxification supplementation. It's far, full pharmaceutical grade, not pharmaceutical grade, pharmaceutical. Um, compound. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to have 800 milligrams of NAC. Uh, it's going to have Tutka. It's going to have milk thistle and eight to 10 other compounds in there for uh, keeping your liver and your kidneys optimized. You know how they always talk about your liver is your second heart. Um, it's very important to keep the liver very clean. So we've been working with them on that and, and basically partnering up with uh, the excellence cartel, trying to get them uh, back on here, believe it or not, <laughs> uh, working on some collaborations with Jeff Black, um, Team Relentless Forever, and just working, man, just working, work, 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 work. It seems like it, it never ends. Other than that, I think that um, it's been a good week and I'm, I'm stoked because we've had such great coaches presenters whatever you want to call them the month of july has been amazing and the month of august is going to be even i don't want to say even better because this july has been pretty pretty good you know so uh with that being said let's get started and introduce a guest who i've been a fan on since like man since like years and years ago um uh, i i followed her when she was doing some stuff with uh, ling norton dr ling norton and uh to 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 have her on this podcast to me is special because it shows where we, how far we've come, right, Sonia, from like oh, no. 18 yeah. episodes alone, uh, you know, back and, and what we've been able to accomplish in the last seven months with Team Amino Pure, with Amino Pure, now with Rejuvenate HRT and our partnerships with some of the best coaches in the country. And I truly believe that, we, that we're really making a difference. It's so crazy because the, I, I don't even, I, we've never had this conversation, but it, I was just thinking about it when he said that, how far we've come. Cause I think it was like three years ago. When did you prep when you did your like 40 week prep with Cliff? Um, that was 2018. <clears throat> okay. So three years ago, right? Prep. Yeah. And so right before that, I had started listening to you with Paul Ravella mm-hmm. on, um, redefine healthy healthy, right which you guys each have your own thing now and I was like when I first started hearing about macros and I remember like doing bro diets and I was like (laughs) one of the first or second podcasts and I'm walking and I'm like this shit makes so much sense right now like it makes so much sense and that was like the first thing that like got me going was your guys's podcast and I remember I started tracking macros and I was like holy shit. Like I'm not binge eating. I'm not starving. Like this is the greatest thing ever. And I actually ended up reaching out, working with Steven when he had first, um, yeah, w- was with Paul. So it's like, it's funny. just like the generations of like, then I, you know, prepped and then I started really getting into coaching and it's like, it's weird how much has changed in that time, but 
definitely the foundation of that. The evolution of information highway that we have now, it's mind boggling, right? Um, and I think that um, a lot of us that are doing it now and trying to get as much information out there, you know, we talk about Jason Theobalds, we talk about the uh, Jeff Black, Jeff Sue, we're talking about Vince Pitstick, we're talking about all these coaches that have so much knowledge and passing this information to other people. For, for the future, future generation of, of com- not only competitive bodybuilding, but people that are trying to get in the best shape possible. I have a lot of, a lot of people that message us all the time. I don't want to be a bodybuilder. I have no aspirations, but I just want to look, I want to look better. And that's really our niche, right? So today, without further ado, please give us an intro, Miss Lauren Conlon. Welcome Lauren to episode 18 of Hard Fast Fitness. Great to have you on. Thank you guys. Um, I'll probably mess up the intro because I'm notorious for that. It was funny. So, uh, so we have a team podcast as well. And I've probably between, this is now my third podcast that I've hosted and I've been on a million podcasts as well. So I I calculated the other day, I was like, probably done about 400 podcasts, like at least right. Like so many. And I still always like notoriously mess up the beginning and the end. And it's just, it's just my thing now. So I'm going to try to do a good intro, but thank you guys so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, my name is Lauren Conlin. I have my master's in exercise science. Um, I actually just, my paper just got published. So I'm very excited about that. Congratulations. Thank you. So um, I can provide that for you guys if you want. It is open access. So that means everybody can download it and read it for free. Um, So a little bit about my journey. I started competing in 2011, did my first show, kind of got interested in that, started my undergrad, um, then eventually moved to grad school competed, continued to compete, turned pro in the IFBB, um, continued to compete, got my master's, did my research. Throughout that time, I had started coaching. And then now fast forward to 2021, um, Team LocoFit is my full-time business. It's myself. We have three coaches um, who work for the team as well. We have a training director and also a mental health counselor on the team too. So that's really what I do for my main work. Like I said, we have a team podcast, um, Team Local Fit Roundtable. I travel, I speak, do all those things. So it's it's really great. This year has been awesome getting back to speaking because I love being in person and doing events. So really excited for all of that. But yeah, just a little bit about me. Sounds awesome. I mean, I'm so stoked to have you on, on, on Hardfast Fitness here, but I'm going to wipe that cheesy smile off my face and get down to the nitty gritty. Um, let's talk about flexible dieting. So let's start with the basics, what it is. And then I have a lot of questions with regards to refeeds and how you handle those. Uh, but for, for, for gen pop right now that are trying to really, and we, and I get a lot of those messages, I want a flexible diet, but I don't know how I've tried it. And I always miss my macros. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about what it is. And then you can give us your spiel on how to keep it running. Yeah. So this is actually, again, really pertinent to what I did, not only as a coach, but in my, like literally what I did for my research was looking at how different types of dieting affect weight loss and weight regain. So all about it. Um, So flexible dieting in a nutshell, um, with how most people define it is IFOM, if it fits your macros. So this is tracking carbs, proteins, and fats. Um, Obviously that's in a total calorie balance. We typically have a fiber target as well. Um, So this idea is you can eat what you want as long as it fits your macros. So think about it as like a budget. That's how a lot of people use that analogy. It's pretty straightforward. Um, So typically what people are going to do when they're starting out tracking, um, you know, if somebody's just like very new to this and they're like, what do I do, I would say, Hey, sit down for the week and just write down everything that you eat, right? You know, measure it out, write it down. And then we can just adjust from there, but just kind of see what you're doing. Um, now the reason we do that, instead of just saying like, here, just eat what I, I say, uh, it could be, you know, you could be under eating, overeating, eating a very, you know, strange distribution. Um, if somebody's coming to us and saying, or, or you, anybody saying, oh, I'm eating 50 grams of protein, I'm not going to say, oh, go eat 200. You know, that's very inappropriate, right? So having someone's baseline for them as an individual is really, really important. And then you can work up to what is ideal and what is optimal. Um, so I would say that for most people though, before they even get there, and this is where I've really changed my stance over the years, um, is we really need to develop some baseline habits. So for a lot of people, especially if they're very new to this and they have no concept of tracking food and, and any kind of understanding, it can be really, really overwhelming for somebody to just say like, yeah, just fill all this out, like hit it all perfectly. Um, instead, I would rather say, even if it's just for a few weeks, like let's start having this many servings of fruits and vegetables. Let's try to have protein 
every few hours, you know, like these kinds of things, have water, you know, try to have 80, 20 as far as processed foods, non-processed foods, et cetera. Um, so we're going to start there. And then we're going to say, all right, let's track maybe protein first, because that's the most important. And that's typically what most people are completely missing the mark on. <laughs> so if we can at least start with some baseline habits and then we can transition to, okay, let's track protein. Then we can get to a place now, well, maybe four to eight weeks in, somebody can actually start tracking and it's not as overwhelming. Because the reason, like you said, most people say, hey, I, I started tracking and I just, I, I'm always failing or I fell off or I didn't hit my targets. That really ingrains that black and white mindset. And that's what we really try to avoid. So the main thing that I'm trying to hopefully change in this industry is I want people to stop yo-yo dieting and stop having these like overly, you know, restrictive black and white thinking when it comes to food, because what ends up happening is that is what is causing this weight dysregulation. That's what's causing these body comp, like these negative body comp changes. It's not the, it's not one diet or another. It's the way that your mindset is shifted around food. Um, so if we can eliminate that type of like, oh, I didn't hit it today. Fuck it mentality. Why don't we build up these habits for a few weeks first, lay that groundwork. And then you're going to be a lot more successful. I think it's, Go ahead, go ahead, sorry. I think it's really important too. It's like, um, uh, and this is what I always explain to clients is like why we always start with protein, because I find, and I don't know if you find that this too, that normally when gen pop comes to me, like, unless somebody has come from this specific background, they typically, the lowest hanging fruit is that they're not eating enough protein or they're going way too long in between protein feeding. So like they'll have like an egg for breakfast and then like one egg. Know, yeah. One egg, you know, <laughs> like, you know, like in the glass of wine, like in Vogue, where it was like one egg and a Merlot for breakfast. Um, like sign me up. <laughs> um, like, damn it. I don't know why I don't look like a bottle. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm drinking wine every day. Um, but break down for us a little bit of how you explain to clients why you start out with protein and the value of protein feedings throughout the day. So protein is, and this is actually a conversation I have a lot because people will think the, the immediate pushback is, oh, I'm not a bodybuilder. I don't need a lot of protein. No, no, I didn't say you're a bodybuilder. I know you're not a bodybuilder. That's not your goal. Oh, I don't really want to get too big. That's not what I said either. Um, having I muscles, hate that. I hate that. I don't want to get too get big. Too big. Jeez, Trust me, you're not. <laughs> you're, you're like, so I'm. Yeah. My, my tall ass has been trying to accidentally grow for years. Yeah, like literally I look the same after like 13 years of weightlifting all good. But so what's really important here is to think about, okay, as, as far as body composition goes, most people have not only too much body fat, but they have too little muscle mass. So it's a very important distinction. And one of my really good friends, Dr. Gabrielle Lyon does a really great job of explaining this. And instead she calls it the muscle centric medicine. That's like kind of what she titles it as. And it's this idea of like, we need to really focus on muscle as like this, you know, this tissue, instead of just thinking about, we need to lose body fat. It's also about, we need more muscle mass for aging purposes. So that's number one. Um, just in general, as you age, you know, there's a lot of reasons why you would want to have more muscle mass from an aging perspective, but also from a body comp and a metabolism perspective, having more muscle is really key. So what I try to explain to people in a very easy sense is if you have, you know, let's just say for, for, you know, basic math, hundred grams of protein. If you're having like 20, 20, and then 60, that's less beneficial. And it, even if you got that, that would still be better than what most people are doing, which is like an egg, maybe a little bit at lunch, and then they have a big dinner. Um, so what we're trying to do is shift that. And, you know, I don't need to get too, too specific with some people. Like they're not like, here's a muscle protein synthesis in the, like they don't care. Right. But here's a easy breakdown. You're not hitting this threshold that we need. So it's basically, it's like ineffective essentially is kind of how I like to explain it. If you're under this threshold, it's not like you did nothing, but you didn't really hit the mark. So we need to have at least this amount for this many meals in order to be optimal. And again, as far as like optimal goes, like perfect, like research, yeah. we're not trying to hit that. We're just trying to hit like pretty fucking good. Like that's what we're going for. Yeah, um, the quality of protein, like incomplete versus complete or that. Cause I, same thing, right. I'm sure you get this too. It's like, my mom <laughs> is like, I need some breakfast. Maybe I'll have a piece of cheese. And so I'm like, well, why don't you eat some protein? She's like, I'll have some garbanzo beans. And I'm like, Okay. <laughs> I think All that's right. the biggest yeah. issue is, yeah. is I think gen pop has a hard time because, and I'm not going to talk about vegans because I've had this discussion with a vegan where it's like, well, I get protein from lentils. Right. Um, it's, it's in, 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 it has a, pro, it has protein. Garbanzo has protein, yeah. but it's a, it's really a carbohydrate, yeah. right? It, ha, it can have traces of, uh, some of them have high traces of, 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 of uh, protein. Acid. 
amino acids, but you're not going to get the leucine response that you're going to get from eating chicken from a garbanzo bean or that you're going to get from a lentil, right? So, so talk to us about a little bit, since we're in the protein and I know we're talking about flexible diets, so we'll have to gear it back towards that, but talk to us about the, um, and this happens every podcast, we start getting into something and of course. It's, it's all relative. It's, it's all relative. All relative we're, right? we're on track. Don't. <laughs> so talk to us about the quality of proteins and the differences that in what you actually do with your clients in order for them to hit at least a certain threshold of protein. You talked about the importance of it. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. So there is, we kind of touched on a little bit, but complete and incomplete protein. So there's 20 amino acids and basically there are essential amino acids and there's non-essential amino acids. So if you're looking at any animal-based product, they're already going to have all of the essential amino acids. So it's very, it's a lot easier to hit these targets with these essential amino acids, right? And in particular, the BC, the three BCAs, um, leucine, isoleucine, and valine are what are known to help spike what we talked about before, muscle protein synthesis. So when we're spiking muscle protein synthesis, that's what we're trying to get over that threshold, right? So you can hit that in any way that you want. But if we're talking about, let's say like a steak versus garbanzo beans, the amount of garbanzo beans needed to hit that same threshold is like exorbitantly more, not just in bones, but yeah, like it's so much. And it's like, nobody's eating this, you know, now you can pair foods. Um, and this is, you know, like, and I don't, I don't typically do this because I'm not writing meal plans, but you know, if like a dietitian could like pair up if somebody is vegetarian or vegan, you know, like rice and beans, everybody always hears about that combination in like the dietitian world, right? Because there are different things that complement it. And then you can have the complete source, but again, how much, right? Like that's the other question. Um, so that's when you're like, are you supplementing with this? Da, da, da. But most of the time I would say that if you are eating a complete protein, you're able to get away with less per meal at total, because you're basically like getting more of it. Now, all of it still counts. So if you have steak and a salad with garbanzo beans and you have another seven grams of protein added there, like that still counts and that's still beneficial to your day and your total protein number. So total protein number is number one. We do need to make sure that we're hitting the total protein number because if that's not even being hit, doesn't matter. Um, but then we, after that, we need to look at meal to meal breakdown and say, okay, how can we break this up in a feasible way for someone? And what it ends up looking like you guys, for most people, and I'm sure, you know, is three meals and a shake. That's, that's really the easiest thing for most people or three meals and a snack that has it, you know, like a yogurt or something like that. Like for, you know, for people, bigger guys who are trying to gain a lot of, like you're eating six meals a day, or that, that makes sense. But for most average size people, um, if we're having that like 0.8 to 1.2 grams per pound of protein, you can achieve that with about four meals. Um, and now if you want to have less or more, that's also fine. You know, I would say three to six is kind of that range. And then like four to five is like the, the optimal, just from like a schedule perspective, you know, you know, my boyfriend eats six meals a day that are, you know, huge and whatever. It's like, that his life is not practical and five pounds of nuts. And yeah, yeah. Like his, his life is not practical for most people, you know, but that's what he does. Cause that's his goals. And, and that, that works. But for most of our clients who are, or anybody listening to this, um, it's going to make sense to say, okay, breakfast, lunch, dinner. And then at some point we're having another protein serving, whether that's a shake. I usually just say shakes. It's so easy. Hey, you, you have no excuse to literally scoop that into something and drink it. You know what I mean? And for most people, the reason they don't hit protein is not because they don't want one of it. Some part of it, they don't want to, but a big part of it is because they just don't have the time to prep it. And it's a lot harder to find just protein sources lying around. Like, you know, you can grab an apple, you can grab some almonds, like really no factor, um, but just protein lying around, you know, like it is a little bit harder. So um, of course there's ways around it, but most people we're, we're crazy. Like if somebody's like, yeah, you got to get protein. I'd be like, okay, I'll eat tuna out of a bag. Like, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. It's, yeah. Mo it's, it's not even like a thing to think right. about. Most people will be like, um, no <laughs> so listening too I think like that's one of the things it's like you, you that made me a great coach is is losing my mindset of people should diet the way I think I I I can do it I can do it well just do this and it's like I really I use my mom as like this hidden avatar and even when I'm like writing programs for people I'm like can my mom read this like I did a pdf for like my client for anyone who really wants it and if this plug. If you want it, let me know. It's called Harmonize Your Hormones. And it's just like, like a little ebook of like hormones, how they work and how to use them. And I sent it to my mom and I was like, can you understand this? And if she couldn't understand parts of it, I broke it down even more because 
like you said, muscle protein synthesis means something to us, but not to Sally, not to Susie, and maybe not even to Tom, who's just been on a bro diet for his whole life, you know? I think a lot and, of people- for most people, it doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah. They don't care. It doesn't, it really, they don't care and it doesn't matter. So it's like, all right, let's break it down. Here we have this threshold. This is going to help with these reasons. Here's yeah. why you should have it. Bam, we're good. So especially with the shake, and again, it could be anything, but that's just such a simple thing for people. And I always try to break it down. Like you said, like we're, we're making it so that it's actually accessible because adherence is number one. And if right. we can, we can have the most, this is where, you know, one thing that people who are very scientifically minded can get very caught up sometimes is, um, you know, what is optimal and there is there optimal is amazing. And if you have a very, very specific goal, optimal is where it's at. But if you're, 99% of people, we need to do like pretty fucking good, right? And like, we need to be pretty close to up. We can't be like totally left field, but if we're doing 80%, we're way better off. And one of the things that I wanna, I wanna basically talk to our audiences, and I, and I hear this a lot, right? They'll, they'll send you a message saying, you know, I just got with a coach and I feel like a failure because I could only get four meals in. He has me on six meals. And my question is, well, did you hit your macros? He was, yeah, yeah, I tried to hit my macros and actually hit my macros. And I said, then where's the failure? You yeah. can't be perfect all the time. And you're not in a place where you're getting up at the Olympia, right? Where every little gram, every ounce, every minuscule thing counts. It all counts, yeah. You're doing pretty fucking good. Why are you killing yourself, beating your head that you only hit four meals today if you hit your macros? Tomorrow, try to hit six. The next day, if you hit five, it's a it's the journey and it's the process that's going to get you there. Stop, stop stressing, like kind of like what Sonia says, stop stressing about the little fucks, worry about the big fucks, right? Think about the low-hanging fruit. Think about the little things that you can do to continue to improve your body, continue to improve your, your journey and keep moving forward. Like there's times that we talk about this all the time where we fall off the wagon, we're human. Okay, so you had extra peanut butter today. Is it okay for you to throw that entire day away? No, get back on track, right? And just keep going. No, because I'm a girl. So this is like my history. Like, okay, I overate this day. So I'm going to add X much more cardio in the next day. And I see that with my clients. I'll get a phone call. Like I'm over. So tomorrow I was going to add in another 10 minutes of cardio. And so Lauren, break down for us, like, that mindset and how you work with clients, because one of my favorite things guys about, about Lauren and shout out to team loco fits podcast. They do so much on the forefront of mental health, because like, if you're listening to this podcast, you're a specific type of person. Welcome. You know, like you're amongst your own people. Not everyone thrives. <laughs> yeah. do we thrive, And we tend to be go, go, go type of people or just like systems and errors. And we, we, or like, we just are in, are persistent in the goals that we want you're not listening to this if you don't really give a fuck. Like you care, that's why you're listening. And you might have to work also on your mindset around dieting, macros, and that whole mindset. If if I go over, I need to subtract here. So Lauren, break down how you coach people through those mindset barriers and beyond. So that's a really important shift that we've made in our business probably the past few years. So when I did my research and I was looking into the different types of dieting and how that affected everybody, right? Like the mindset and the research, basically it's like the dietary restraint has two parts. It's flexible and it's rigid. And, um, you know, obviously tracking macros is certainly more flexible than a meal plan. But what I started to see with clients was that all of the same, um, issues that I was seeing with the meal plans, I was seeing with tracking macros. So people can apply the same rigidity across any type of diet, right? It doesn't really matter what the diet is. If they have that rigid mindset, it's going to affect them. So when you're that perfect example of, I went over 10 carbs, I need to do 10 more minutes of cardio. That's the perfect like example to show like, this is what we want to avoid because this is focusing on the small things that really, really don't matter um, that much. And we actually need to delve into, okay, well, why did you go over 10? Was it like for a certain reason? Um, you know, was it just like, we have to look more into like the why it's not just like, Oh, I went over 10. Cars. Like if you're really this worried about it, like what is happening? Like what's going back and forth about this. So um, I would say number one, we're having open communication with clients is, is key. I want somebody to tell me if that's what's happening, right? Because the worst thing that could happen is somebody goes over 10 
again, this example goes over 10 carbs, does 10 minutes of cardio, doesn't tell me. Now I don't even know all, I can only know the information that you are giving me. Now gotten pretty good at having an intuitive sense of like when things are off with people, because when you coach someone long enough, you kind of can like read their tone and like understand what's going on. And then you can kind of like prod a little bit more um, as needed. But I would say that sometimes people are good at, you know, covering it up, right? And then you have no idea. So I would say first and foremost, have that open communication with clients that they do feel comfortable sharing with you what is actually happening that week. And then from there, it's like, all right, we need to really address how is this going to help us in the long run, short-term, what is this gonna do? Long-term, what is this gonna do? And really what I'm more concerned about is not just that one day, but what is that gonna do for the rest of the week, the rest of the month? Because typically when that kind of stuff happens, it spirals really out of control. So that's where it's like, we need to like nip it essentially like right away. Hey, you went over these 10 carbs. We're not gonna do any compensatory behavior. We are just going to move forward. Um, and then that's really a clear sign for me to say, wow, we really need to add in some more flexibility with your mindset, because if this is throwing you like for a fucking loop, this means that we haven't done this other work. So actually, thank you for sharing this with me, because now we really need to adjust stuff on our end. And um, it can often, you know, like I said, we, we do try to do a really good job at like getting all the information, like reading people. But at the end of the day, it's only what somebody is telling you. Um, yeah. And then, you know, some weeks I'm sure we all can relate that, you know, everything would be kind of going normal. And all of a sudden there's like a 180 and you're like, was this like, like, where are we going with this or how is this happening? Um, so I would say just really addressing the problem. And then typically when it comes to food issues, it's not always about the food. And sometimes it is, sometimes it just is about the food. Um, but oftentimes that is for something deeper. And that's what we really need to try to pull out. And it's like, all right, is this because you're really stressed out with your relationship or you're really stressed out at work or you have this deadline or you know, you have this other trip coming up with these finances or what, like whatever, what else is going on? Or is this like, you have this like control issue in your life and now you're just pushing this to food. And some of those things that like, sometimes just addressing them can yeah. fix things. Um, it can really give people the help they need. But then that's also, like I said, why we have therapists on our team as a resource, because it's like, sometimes when we start to peel that onion, yeah. then it's like, oh shit. Okay. I, I can help to hear, but then like, I need you to go all the way back. And that's where I need you to go see someone. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty impressive how, um, as we dive into more on the functional side, and we've talked about this with Sony in our podcast before, we were talking to Vince, talking to Jason, talking to all these great coaches, diet, nutrition, and let's get away from the word dieting. I know we're talking about flexible diet. Let's talk about lifestyle eating. Okay? Yeah. yeah, dieting. I just call dieting eating. Like, yeah. We, we all do, but yeah. I'm the same way. Like I, people ask me, are you dieting? I'm like, I have a diet plan, but I'm not dieting. I'm living, right? I have a goal and, and I'm, I have I'm American. I'm always dieting. <laughs> <laughs> so in it, what, what, what's interesting the most, what, one of the things you said is the, the correlated behavior behind, be, behind or between lifestyle eating and your lifestyle like what the way that your personality is. Some people are very controlling and they like to control every aspect of their, of their lives. So giving away that, it's a, it's a big deal, right? Yeah. And, and, and at times you need to understand that, hey, I need to have, be, have a little bit more flexibility because if you, you talk about the 10 carbs, right? 10 carbs in the scheme of things isn't a whole lot. It may be a, maybe a, for one day, okay, you went over it, but if you break it down in a week, uh, out of, you know, 27,000 or 20,000 calories that you're allotted for that particular week, what's 10 carbs? Yeah. It's about figuring out what is, what is realistic now, 10 carbs, like, but it, on the flip side, it's, it's about saying, okay, educating, this is, this is not a big deal. We need to get, you know, we need to get back on track, but also not just let's get back on track what, why did this happen? Right? Like, what was the reason? Because I want to hopefully avoid that. Was it because yeah. you didn't plan your food and you had to like, just estimate something, which is totally fine. But like, did you not plan food? Did you go eat out? Were you really stressed? Was it like an emotional response to food? Was it just like, I'm hungry? Like those are all different responses, right? I need to know these things. It's not just, you know, people will send a, an update like, oh, this week was really hard because I was stressed about what, what happened? What, like, where did we have these issues? Because that's really what I'm concerned about. Yes. I need to know that you're stressed, but I need like, the why is way more important for me. That way we can adjust things because if, if you're going over 10 carbs because you're really hungry and you are actually having true hunger and that means that what we're doing right now isn't working for you, that's a different conversation than I came home and I was an emotionally eating and I started, but I had to stop, but it could spiral out of control this weekend. 
two right. very, very different conversations. Yeah, it's so good. I have, I, have a, I have a question, Lauren. Go ahead, go ahead, Sonia, ask your question first. I was just going to say, you know, another thing too is like, is looking beyond that, right? And I see this a lot more with like adrenal issues and PCOS cases too, where there's just like really b- bad blood sugar regulation in the history or some of those things that are going on where it's like, it, it leads to that just swing of like, con- like binge eating, you know, where it's like, I had one bite and I literally couldn't stop or like <laughs> in the middle of the night and binge eating. And it's sad. It, it's not sad, but it's like, I've been there, but it's like, I also, it, I always feel for my clients who are struggling with that because it, it's, you know, then, then the next day they don't feel like eating. And as a coach, I'm like, let's get back on track the next day. Cause then it, it starts this cycle. Right. And it's like, okay, so now oh, yeah. I'm under eating this day and then I'm going over here. And that was me post-show my food was super low because anyways I had a mindset of 10 pounds above stage weight which that's (gasps) never been my I know I know that's never been my weight (laughs) ever I've never held at that weight it's really really low for me 10 weight I was really really lean and like mentally what I would do is I would overeat and I was starving and then my cardio was so high and then I would add on extra cardio because I'm because I just overate and the next day I wouldn't feel like eating like it's just this cycle and it's so hard to be like stop and reset mentally the macros don't matter right now it's the rest and recovery and like being mentally like more like you said mental mental flexibility versus being so attached to three perfect numbers yeah because then what's happening is you're dissociating from everything else related to those numbers the numbers are there to guide you and if you can use the numbers in a really great way that's why i don't like to bash IFYM at all, because I think that it's a great tool and it can be used in a really great way. But what ends up happening for a lot of people is that they completely dissociate from any of the cues and all they're doing is focusing on hitting the three numbers perfectly in this fucking app. And then they're just, they're, they're not even really planning their meals. They're just kind of plugging, scanning, plugging, scanning. Oh, what do I have? Oh, I have this fucking fuckwad dinner left. Let me just completely, there's no hunger cues, no satiety, all dissociated. So then when you say to someone, I go, okay, well, we're, we're hitting these targets. I want you to go out, out to dinner. I don't know what's in that. Can't you estimate it? Um, <laughs> can't you look at the plate and go, that's the whole point of flexible dieting was to be flexible. And I found myself, this was one of those coaching like lessons because I was so flexible for like the last two years, like before I prepped like 2017, 2018, because I had to be, because I was always traveling and I was always doing stuff. And I had to be, even in 2016, I had to be flexible. There was no other option. Right. Um, and so for me, it was like no factor I'm traveling, I'm out, I'm doing, I wasn't going out of my way to eat out, but I would be like all up into the show going and doing these things. And it wasn't because I was trying to like be off plan. It was just like, this is the reality, right? I have yeah. to make it work. And it was like, it really isn't that hard. It's like, it's not that hard, but I was, you know, always in, in that, like, I'm just looking at the food and I'm actually ordering what is going to be, you know, accommodating for my goals. When I sit down, I could sit down anywhere, eat anywhere and make it work for my goals. But then I started to find that clients couldn't do that. And I said, okay, well, why? I'm obviously not coaching you properly if this isn't working. So I really had to adjust my methods to say, oh, okay, people are really, really hooked, especially on the apps. Um, They're really hooked on just like the scan plug, just forget, like just a dump. They're not associating with like per meal amounts, right? So I had to make a lot of adjustments there uh, because I found that people were just so dissociated from that. And the biggest thing, like how you said with, um, we've seen the correlation with overeating is that what ends up happening is people don't eat enough early, eat enough early, then they're really, really hungry. Then they overeat then they don't want to eat, but then they get hungry and they eat again. So even for, for clients who ever have issues like that, and they're like, I'm just not hungry in the morning. Right. Even if they haven't had an overeating episode, I'm like, I don't care. I need you to at least have protein in the morning. I go back to the shake. At least you need to have a protein shake in the morning, because then by the time you get to lunch, you're not ready to like tear the fucking walls down and eat everything. Yeah we need to do this so that you're not overeating and overcompensating. So I think so many things that would benefit coaches or really anybody just, you need to just really detach and say, okay, what am I struggling with? Or what is my client struggling with? What can we do to adjust this? Even if you have, if you are a coach and you haven't dealt with it, you need to recognize that whatever is in front of you is actually happening and it's real and you need to address it just because you didn't deal with it. doesn't mean ah, it, that's, that didn't happen or that's not a thing. I think the biggest issue when when you're talking about flexible dieting, and I see it, and I bet you guys see it a a lot more, is you have a lot of people that are all or nothing. Um, It's like, I'm either 100% on point, 
or the whole day's blown. I'm going to eat whatever I want or whatever, what it doesn't matter. Right. And I think that as you start getting prepping your own food, I mean, I'm like you, I go anywhere and I'm like, that's about four ounces. They're like, that's seven ounces. I'm like, no, that's four ounces. I mean, we know what four ounces looks like. Oh you know what about 40 carbs and yeah. rice looks like, right? Or that's 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 a big potato, that's a big baked potato. That's probably about eight ounces. That's about 65 carbs. It's so so funny. go ahead. You, like, I just want to, you can totally see it, but this is really funny because Lauren, like my, Ron and I talk about it a lot, but my, my boyfriend's like not a bro, not a gym person. Like he, he's an ex-athlete and then like took 30 years off and like now he's like back in it he like met me he like when we first met he's like that ain't gonna be me and now he's like I'm at the gym babe what's going on you know but we went to Vegas and I asked the weight you can ask them how many ounces is the serving how many ounces of the potatoes and how many is this I'm always super nice I'm not like I need to know I'm like hey kind of weird <laughs> but maybe I'll like slide a joke and then I'm like can you just ask the chef and they're so nice and he came back and told me it was going to be six ounces of chicken. Now, when they brought my salad and they put it down, my boyfriend goes, that ain't six ounces. That's four. <laughs> and I was like, I looked at him and I was like, I think like, I just got feels like really heavy feels right now in my heart. It was so cute. He was like, that's only four ounces of chicken, but it's true. It's like, that's over two or three months of like looking at food. He already knows that. So exactly what Ron's saying. It's like, you learn your serving sizes. But people don't if they, yes, they will, but they will say they don't trust themselves. And I said, how many times have you weighed this? You need to look at this and say, okay, when I weigh it out, this is about how much it is. I mean, I down to like the almost gram, I could do it if I, if I really needed to, you know yeah. what I mean? And now I don't, cause I don't fucking care. It doesn't matter right now for me. Right. But like, if I needed to, I know exactly how much 16 grams of fucking peanut butter is like, I got it. If I want to be an asshole, oh yeah, 16. It's not, I know what it is. Right. Same thing with the, you know, any type of me, any type of whatever, like it, you do it enough. But what I, I ask clients, I'm like, you've done this so many times. You're like, I, I don't trust myself. And that's what it comes down to. If you don't trust yourself, you will never be able to break free from this. And what I tell people in this situation is if you are working through this, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be kind of confusing and you are going to make mistakes. You're going to undereat. You're going to overeat. You're going to feel very confused. You're going to feel that's normal. You don't ever make progress without that type of stuff. But what is the alternative? The alternative is clutching to three numbers for the rest of your life and never being able to eat out like a normal person. That's Boy. unacceptable. I, it's a totally unacceptable response. Like you're, you're hitting the cues. I mean, I, I've had a personal experience with, with bikini competitors that are like, I can't eat out. I'm like, you're not even competing. You're off season for God's sakes. Are you kidding? Personal experience with bikini competitors. What do you mean taking them out, not coaching them? <laughs> But it's like seeing these crazy girls is a nightmare. <laughs> anyway, we won't even go there. But I mean, have a meal out for God's sakes. It's not going to kill you. You can eyeball food. It's not. And I think that most more, most of the times, and, and I know you guys agree with me, people stop, stop tripping on like 10 extra carbs or five extra protein or three extra. Five. It's not that big of a deal in the big scheme of things. If you're 90, 10, and I like to say myself, even for myself right now, I'm not, I was talking to my coach, Jason yesterday for the first time. I didn't even check in, but I talked to him after like a couple months and I was telling him, look, this is what's going on in my body. And I'll share with you what I've been doing because I'm like swamp beyond belief right now with my own life. And I had three days. I completely took cardio completely off. Cause I knew my cortisol levels were like, I checked my blood and my cortisol levels were really ridiculous high. So I took cardio. I said, I'm going to just shut your mouth, Sonia. <laughs> I, I can see Sonia uh, making faces here. It's like that but, meme where he's like, I cannot believe it. I am so shocked. Anyway, going back to what I'm saying, listen to this. This is, this is the interesting part. So I said to myself, I'm going to take cardio morning cardio off, which I'm a little drastic, but I needed to sleep a little bit more, right? So I took cardio off and I said, I'm going to take two days to really um, refeed a little bit and see how, see what happens. Started taking, I added additional um, uh, glutathione liposomal, uh, started taking some support supplements. And I went back to back days of about 300 carbs, which is not a lot. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dude, so it's not a whole lot. Um, and then I did, and then I started noticing my weight started spiking. This is the interesting part. By the third day, I said, okay, I'm gonna have one more day. And I had 400 carbs. I dropped three pounds, right? And I almost the girl dropped- listening is like, yeah, I dropped three pounds to the, to the point where I was almost taking cardio completely off. 
not tracking, <laughs> not tracking, not listen to this, not tracking my food, but eyeballing. I knew what four, five ounces yeah, yeah. of chicken is. So I'm still eating and I'm grabbing rice cakes and I'm eating rice. I'm not tracking at this point, but I'm having an idea of like, this is what baseline is about. I got um, without cardio, I got almost to my lowest point that I've been with doing an hour walk, tracking my food and being stressed out of my mind. Uh, and doing all those things. So the moral of the story is you can eyeball food and you have to listen to the biofeedback that your body's giving you, right? That is that is the key though. So there's always, I always talk about flexible restraint, Yeah. right? And there has to be this give and take of both. You can't be flexible without any restraint, but you can't just have restraint without flexibility. You have to have a 50, 50, you know, a rough blend. Some, sometimes need to be more flexible. Sometimes need to have more restraint. It just depends where somebody is, right? You have an immense amount of knowledge and experience with all this. So when you are taking time off and you're just saying, I'm eyeballing stuff, you have a really good understanding of it. You know what I mean? Obviously if somebody was first starting out, they might be like, oh my God, this is so confusing. Maybe you can't do that quite yet, right? Like th this is where you can get, this is where all of us can say, we can eyeball anything. I mean, I could eyeball a deficit right now if I really wanted to, you know what I mean? It's really not that hard for me anymore. Yeah. Um, or probably any of us, um, you know, we do have to listen to that feedback. So it just takes time to get there. It is possible. It just does take us time. And it's something that we have to really make sure that we're actually listening um, and understand that anybody, if you're in this position, you're like, I don't think I could ever get there. You definitely can get there. It's just going to take probably a little bit longer than you think yeah. it would. <laughs> And I think also one of the biggest things to like, remember is like, it doesn't always have, sorry, you guys, if you can hear my, the yard people, but it doesn't always have to be a different meal and so complex every other day. I think what I've found that works like really good for a lot of clients in the beginning is I'll say like, pick like breakfast and like, let's keep breakfast the same for like three or four days. And let's be flexible with like lunch and dinner, or let's plan dinner for the next few days. And then let's be flexible here. So yeah. kind of like implementing a little bit of like, these are your macros, make yourself a little bit of yes. a meal plan because most people are eating somewhat of the same thing every day. You're not eating every, like most people like routine and do well with that. Right. And so some consistency is key. And it also leaves you from being so food focused about these super numbers where you're always plugging things in. Cause that can cause a little bit of anxiety too. And so like adopting, like, okay, I'm going to start with these macros let me play around with my app and let me like, I always say like the best way to learn is almost to pull like my fitness pal figure to use that up on your computer. Cause you can see four ounces of chicken is 27 grams of protein, two ounce or two grams of fat. Like you can see the measurements a little bit more and the totals from the meal and you can plan your day out. But I wanted to go ahead. Go ahead. One, one thing I like to do for people who maybe are struggling with being so intense with the numbers and just so like focus on that. Mm -hmm. I say, let's instead have just like meal by meal focus, right. Which, you know, obviously yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people already do that. Um, for some people, they come from that background. So that's easy for them. Some people they haven't, right. They've just kind of always just done different stuff. So it's like, instead of having like, you know, we still have these targets, but it's about let's set up these meal by meal, you know, rough estimates and then that way every time you sit down you say okay this is what i'm going to have right and for some people they've already been doing that for other people they haven't right they're just kind of eating haphazardly they're eating very differently and we want to take as much stress out as possible so like like sonia said like we've all been saying you know you need to eat okay you're not going to eat so differently every day like we're not you know you you typically are going to have breakfast you're going to have lunch you're gonna, like you know you're going to have like normal meal times so why don't we keep them semi-consistent we're always going to have about this much protein you know if we have a really lean protein maybe we add a fat we're gonna have a carb a veggie a, a fruit and for meal prepping purposes it's like yeah. oh could, i don't know how people eat fucking different shit every day i'm like uh you know, i'll pack like i'll like normally do like some sort of fish i love lean ground beef it's so yummy and then i'll do like maybe chicken i go in and out of like chicken things and then i'll do like two or three different veggies every you know three or four days and then it's like and then i have carb sources and it's like while it may be potatoes or rice or cream or rice or like i don't know bread or like a wrap some different days it's pretty consistent and that way grocery shopping is really easy and i don't have to think about it i'm like I'm walking away from my computer. I'm going to go grab half a cup of this, four ounces of that and this, and it, and it just fits. Yeah. Keep it simple. I mean, you, you have flexibility. I'm, I'm a, I don't want to say I eat like a bro, but I kind of do, I guess, because I'm chicken and rice, man. Um, I have, and you know what I do for me and, and where I keep my flexibility is really on rice or my carbs. So I pack, I cook all my chicken all at once and I'll do 10 pounds sometimes all in one shot. 
and and basically and i pack like five ounces <laughs> get her face i pack like five ounces or six ounces of chicken in these small containers so with me is like i know that i need four of those each one's 50 i need four of those to hit 200 right my my target's 250 or 225 whatever it is i pack four of those and then i'll i'll throw in i'll fill in the carbs from whatever i want later on right but i know for a fact that i'm going to be getting the right amount of protein not because I'm a bro or I think I'm a bro, but because I know how important protein is and how much harder it is to get protein in. <laughs> so you're, you're a bro, it's fine. But yeah, I mean, we all, we all kind of a bro. Right like, yeah, you're totally a bro. <laughs> 10 pounds of chicken, you certified bro. But it's also, you know, it makes sense. You know, you have to prep stuff, you know, and I tell people yeah. like you prep twice a week, you know, buy it, go to the grocery store once or twice a week, prep twice a week, keep it simple, change it yeah. every week you can, but like, all the same staples are there and you want to keep it really easy. Yeah. Whole foods, I think like are way easier to track, meaning like foods on the outside versus like packaged foods. And there's also all this room for error, which is like a whole nother podcast about tracking accuracy. I I know like Lauren, like what I want to kind of talk about too, is like, how are you implementing refeeds into flexibility in those patterns? Because I think that would be a really great thing for our listeners to kind of, you know, know what the purpose of a refeed is, different patterns of a refeed and how they can implement those. Yeah. So there's different ways to look at this, but basically a refeed is traditionally known as more food, but typically more carbohydrates. Um, So refeeds are typically going to be used in situations where um, you are in a calorie deficit and you're trying to augment performance. You're trying to, you know, fill the glycogen stores again. You're trying to get some good sleep, some good training, some good recovery. You might see some water drop off because of the, you know, cortisol drop, et cetera. So there's a few reasons why you would want to use refeeds. Now, obviously there's a caveat. Some people really, really do not like them when they're dieting. So I have some clients who never use them at all. I have other clients who half the week they're in refeeds. You know, it just kind of depends on what's going on with their lives. Um, for lifestyle clients who are not prepping. So refeeds are really going to be useful for competition prep clients because you're going to have to be pretty specific for those goals. Um, and you know, you want to be very you know, specific, you have a specific goal. You need to have a specific diet. That makes sense. Before lifestyle clients, a lot of times what I have is I've just found that we'll just do the untracked meals instead, or we'll just say, Hey, this is, you know, something social is going to come up this week like something, you know what I mean? So we're going to have a, a higher calorie meal one or two days a week based on what you have going on. So before that, if we are in a fat loss phase, what I'll say is, Hey, hit these targets roughly before you go to that event. And then, you know, we'll just kind of leave room for that event. Um, and I found that that just works really, really nicely for most lifestyle clients because it allows again, for that flexibility, um, you're having enough structure earlier in the day. So I'm not just saying like, do whatever you want. Like there is structure earlier, but then they are able to just go and enjoy that. And, you know, especially during the summer, there are so many things going on during the summer. Just, there's always just, social events all the time, food centric events, barbecues, parties, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just nice to be able to have that. Um, but as far as refeeds, like very structured refeeds, I will typically use those for clients who are in a deficit. Um, or if we're talking about somebody who's really, really pushing food on the high end, um, again, I don't really work with a ton of people in this aspect because most people are, you know, average size, you know, females. Um, but even some of my male clients, you know, I will push this or maybe like a figure competitor or something. If we're pushing food, you know, maybe it's like, a you know, like leg days, we'll have even more food or something like that, you know? So I don't even know if I would call it a refeed, but that's just a higher day. That's more of like a yeah. Cycle, I guess you could say. So defining refeeds is tough because it's like, what, what is it? Is it just more food? Is it more carbs? Is it tracked? Is it not tracked? So I kind of like to just say refeeds would just be a higher calorie day, typically more carbs. Um, if it's a competitor, I will, it'll be tracked. Um, that'll be during a deficit and then a competitor in the off season or any type of lifestyle client, I'm usually doing it in just kind of a, a dinner setting or some kind of an event setting. And that way that allows them to still enjoy that and do that um, and not feel totally isolated from everything. But of course, we're still going to be mindful. It's not like, you know, just go fucking ham while you're there. <laughs> I, I have a question. So I know that I've read, um, and I don't remember, I, I, it might've even been Paul that actually put something out there. He does about 20, I think it was Paul Rebellion. Uh, he does about 20% over baseline on refeed days. Can you explain, mm-hmm. can you explain the benefit of that in particular? Not, not only from, from a mental standpoint where, yeah, you're, if you're in a deficit, right. It there's, a, there's a, some chemical 
something's happening in your brain, right? Other than your leptin levels, ghrelin levels, spiking hormones. I know there's people that actually have these different stories. Um, it doesn't, doesn't really spike anything. Some people say it does. So what is your take on that? So actually Dr. Campbell has done some research in this area. They've done actually diet break research as well as refeed research. And so pretty much where we're at with the hormone circulations, it leptin is so tied to body fat. It really doesn't seem to make that much of a difference. There is a transient spike in leptin that they have seen in some research. Um, but I really don't think that it makes that much of a difference because if you're lean enough, it doesn't matter if I'm giving you a thousand carbs, you're still hungry. And that's because leptin is tied hungry, to body fat. Almost. Yeah, almost. Yeah. You, people can be hungry. It's actually sometimes why I have to take refeeds out for some clients because it makes it worse. Um, but they have known research. And this was based off of the idea that we were seeing some less adaptations when people had two back-to-back -back refeeds versus refeeds that were spread out. Um, and essentially what you're going to see from more of a physiological level is you can potentially see that cortisol drop um, and what we call like kind of the whoosh effect with like the water dropping. Um, but you're really going to see the glycogen stores fill back up. Um, which is going to be really nice for training. Um, and you might at least look a little better for a day. You might have better. And in the, in the, in the grand scheme of the prep, again, we're talking about something very, very particular um, or any, not even just prep, but somebody with really extreme goals. If you are filling your glycogen stores back up, you might have good training for that day and then likely the next day. And if you're able to have that good training, you hypothetically would be able to hold on to more lean body mass during a cut. So that's really what we've seen with some of the research. Again, the amounts, how small are they? Um, if it's something that is positively working for a client, great. If it's causing the client to binge, not great, right? Like that small lean muscle yeah. gain doesn't matter because now we're overeating. Um, but for a lot of people, what we'll see is that it does seem to help. Um, I do typically see a whoosh effect. If people do handle carbs well, um, there are certainly clients who, and you know, we all work with these people, like some people just don't tolerate food, not just carbs, they just don't tolerate a lot of calories well. So for those clients, we see a little bit of change, but not really. Um, the one thing that I've started to really utilize with refeeds is once people are leaner, I find that people respond much better to refeeds when they're leaner versus not when they, when they have enough body fat or kind of like a moderate amount, I really don't use them. And that's also because we're having the body fat protects the lean body mass as well. So the higher adipose tissue, you're not really going to see as much lean muscle mass loss versus when we are at the end, whether it is a prep or just any kind of tough diet and you're a lot leaner, we really need to protect that lean body mass, especially for the natural clients. I feel like one, that's one of the things I started actually started doing after listening to you guys talk about it on your podcast was the untracked meals with clients. And what I typically do as a coach for these coaches listening is, um, over a certain body fat percentage, I'll normally just do untracked meals and I'll give parameters. So I'll say like, okay, like on your untracked meal day, these are your goals. Like this is your protein goal. It's your fat goal. Cause I don't want them. Cause what I was finding is that I say untracked meal and be loose and they would starve all day and then go then feel like overeating. And that also yeah the point and yeah so, that's <laughs> yeah i'm like here's your, your here's your goals for the day prior then go enjoy the meal try to get a protein a carb fiber and color on your plate whatever you're doing because normally that eliminates bullshit food and not like bullshit food like to demonize it i'm not saying that but if you go out and you eat a bunch of pizza and you're like binging on pizza like the scale will go up the next day i will get an email I don't feel like it's not working. And I'm like, well, it's not working. Like, it's a whole pizza. <laughs> yeah. It's like, but it happens. Right. Like, so I give kind of like goals and that takes away like pasta with Alfredo sauce. Right. Because we're talking like five. Right. So it's, it kind of sets a little bit of a parameter and it teaches them like the education behind, like looking at their plate as like a whole meal micronutrients. I know they matter too, believe it or not, chicken and rice. Um, but <laughs> he's like, uh, um, but, and then, uh, and then as they get leaner and we, and it gets a, like the minutia matters more, which for this, it's like the leaner you get, the more your body will fight body fat, which means the more dialed in you really have to be. Then I'll start to implement versus where I see a bigger response of like refeeding with carbohydrates versus just like a free meal. Yes, it seems 100%. to be more beneficial and a cortisol drop and so many different factors when it comes to that. So yeah, it, it you will literally notice the difference and you, you won't really notice that when somebody's not asleep. No. Um, and that's a big thing that I actually, when I first started, I was, you know, okay, we gotta, you know, we gotta do the double refeeds. We gotta, you know, this is, there's some research it's, it's helpful. Yeah. So I would actually start with that, but then obviously as calories went down, I'd be like, well, shit, we gotta like 
you know, we gotta fucking get going, you know, so we'll take all this out. And I actually reversed that as I, you know, in the past several years, now I pretty much, I might start out with one, but honestly, if somebody has a lot to lose, it's like, you know, no, we might have like a small on track thing, but like, it's, it's not really anything. Hungry. Yeah. And I think, I think it depends, it depends on a lot of the person because I, even working with Jason, he has, he had me when I, when I was checking in, he had me on one, on one refeed. And for me, what I've noticed for me and knowing my body and now how I, how listening to all the, the great speakers we have, I started implementing back-to-back refeeds. My body resp- has response is much better, but that's mm-hmm. me. So that's not, that's, that's not particularly everybody. Like there's days that there's times that I'll have a refeed after like four or five days of, of low 140 carbs, I'll do a refeed. The scale won't even move. Yeah. I have a back-to-back refeed. The scale might move a pound and the third day just drops. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's how my body's functioning and actually the glycogen levels. And you're right. You, you, you start to notice, Sonia, today you're like tripping me out with your, with your gestures. Um, it, it's, it's, a, it, me. it's just you. I <laughs> mean, it is. Um, Cause it's, here's the thing is, and I'm saying it, I make those faces because 99.9% of the people listening have cannot relate to you. And so they'll do that and they don't lose weight. And then yeah. they're like, why is it not working for me? Yeah. Most people guys, if you're listening, that is the outlier. Yeah. Most it's not everybody. It, actually it's most, it's probably 99% of people are not. Yeah. yeah. Most people will, you know, you eat more carbs, carbs, hold water weight. They, your scale will go up. That's not fat scale goes up and then it might come back down a little bit, maybe not at all, but you feel better. So but, but keep in mind also, Sonia, keep in mind that I'm going 140, 130 carbs a day. That is, no, that low. is nothing. That is low for me. Right. I'm just saying for the gen pop people of 30 pounds to lose, that's not the response they should be expecting. Yeah. yeah so disregard what I said. <laughs> that that's is when, and, and that's, that's a great place to be. Uh, I find that that's obviously when, um, you know, somebody has a good metabolism, every, you know, hormones are in place. They have a lot of muscle mass yeah. and typically the people who respond well to high food and like refeeds are people who started smaller and have added substantial size. So think about like the ectomorph type body who's added a lot of muscle, um, you know, not somebody who's always trying to come down. Right. Like that's, and I, I, I you know, the, the body type stuff, it's like, what does that really matter? Basically, if you have a normal size frame and you've added a lot of muscle, I find that those people can typically who typically stay leaner just kind of naturally those people respond better to the higher food the people who are always who kind of dense naturally but they're always trying to lose body fat those people typically have to eat a little bit less and don't really see that response where we have two or three refeeds and drop weight so it's just you know genetics do matter you know that yeah. that is a real thing and um, so- diets and we've talked about that we before like even when we had meredith on it's like being realistic where it's like most people don't just start a hormonal repair and reverse diet and start dropping weight instantly, but coaches want to highlight that because it's cool. And that is people. And we can end on this before I get too ranty about it, but it literally drives me up a fucking wall when I know people who have literally been eating like, you know, low, like they're low carb, low dieting, which is totally normal. And then they, you, when you do that and you get lean enough, you can add food pretty easily. And that's what they're showing. Like, look at me, four and a carb. I'm like, bitch, you were eating 60 for three months. You know what I mean? Like, yes. don't be saying this body is from four and a carb. Like, it's right. steady state cardio a day. No, that's what right. about the hour that you did? It's like when yeah. people just say, they show their peak week protocol and they're like, look, I'm eating 300 carbs. Yeah, the day before your show. Yeah, like it's it is so frustrating. And what it's and then the that, IG phenomenon is the IG phenomenon. It really yeah, is. Yeah, that just skews everything. And, and likes, it's, it's likes, just likes, likes, likes. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's. Yeah, that's right. Oh man, it's I. We need to have you back. It's just yeah, Lauren. Just so many directions with this. It's just great. I mean, the energy that that you two bring is amazing. Only see, just looking at you both today was is awesome. Just made me laugh so much. Um. <laughs> We're calling on your shit. You're like chicken and rice. And we're like, you're like 10 pounds of chicken. And we're like, that's like, what I have to cook. I literally cook 10 pounds. I, know, I, I get it. I, I, live I don't have time. I really I know. Like, so that <laughs> we're just fucking with you, bro. Anyway, so, um, I would love to come back on for yeah. sure. So let the masses know where they can find you. Talk about your podcast, how you apply for coaching, your amazing team. It would be cool to have your team on. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, we could totally do that. I'm down. Um, so yes, yeah, so you can find everything on teamlocofit.com. Um, that's where you can check out our website, apply for coaching, um, sign up for our newsletter. We write articles every week. And then our podcast is also on there. It's called the Team Local Fit Roundtable. We put out two podcasts a week and it's very, very coaching application based with all the coaches as well as our therapists. So some really practical stuff on there for you guys. And my Instagram, which I've been terrible about, my Instagram is at Lauren Conlin. And then the team page is at Team LocoFit. I, I want to say thank you, Lauren, for coming on to Harfax Fitness. It's been awesome having your bolt of energy. Your smile is so captivating. I appreciate you. Sonia, wrap it up and close this one out for us today. Yeah. So we have um, obviously like nail this one. Next week we have, uh, or actually we have Jamie Pinder coming Jamie on next. Pinder, which is- that's right exciting we have the whole crew from relentless forever coming on so we have multiple different topics from um uh i think jamie's going to be talking about overall ped use in the female realm of things and then relentless forever is going to be talking about what to expect mentally and physically if you are going to be doing a prep which i think is really important because the season is coming where everyone's just like i'm 12 weeks out i want to jump in a show because someone at the gym said i look really like i should do a show and that's not the reality so what you can expect when expecting to prep and they'll go through all that with us but as always we appreciate you guys being on if you have any questions for Lauren, you know where to find her to at Team Amino Peer if you have questions for Ron and then at Sonia Spill if you have questions for me and make sure to um, share as you guys are listening. And then I'm going to put Ron on the spot. We're going to be coming on to Apple Music soon. Just as soon uh, as care of that. It's on my to-do list. I promise. It's on my to-do list. I swear, guys, as soon as Ron, no pressure, but as soon as Ron gets us there. I will. I will. I love you. He's always doing 20 million things. And then I'm like, all right, we'll just let me know if you need me to do anything, bro. <laughs> maybe we'll tap, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll let Sonia do that one. It's, I've been yeah. it's on my to-do list. It's, it's coming, my guys. Fault. It's coming. It's yeah, no need to reminding us. We know it's not there. So. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sonia, for wrapping it up, as always. Guys, thank you for listening to us every week. We have a great lineup coming up. Thank you, Lauren, again. And this is a wrap. Thanks.